Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open the Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before we begin our day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is April 29th, and our reading comes from Luke chapter 24. It's a little longer today, so stay with me. It says, That same day, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. And as they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. Well, he asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? Well, they stopped short, sadness written across their face. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things, Jesus asked? The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Then some women from our group of followers were at his tomb earlier this morning. They came back with an amazing report. They said the body was missing. They had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran to see, and sure enough, his body was gone just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. By this time, they were nearly at Emmaus, at the end of their journey, and Jesus acted as if he were going to leave. But they begged him, stay the night with us. It is getting late. So he went home with them, and as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them, and suddenly their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told them their story of how Jesus had appeared to them while they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. But the whole group was startled and frightened, thinking they were seeing a ghost. Why are you frightened? Jesus asked them. Why are your hearts filled with doubt? Look at my hands. Look at my feet. You can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure that I am not a ghost because ghosts don't have bodies and you see that I do. As he spoke, he showed them his hands and his feet. Still, they stood there in disbelief, filled with joy and wonder. Then he asked them, do you have anything to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he ate it as they watched. Then he said, when I was with you before, I told you that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. 
Then he opened their minds to understand the scripture. And he said, yes, it is written long ago that the Messiah would suffer and die and rise from the dead on the third day. It was also written that this message would be proclaimed in the authority of his name to all the nations beginning in Jerusalem. There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You are witnesses of all these things. And now I will send the Holy Spirit, just as my father promised. But stay in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Man, I love this story of the resurrection of Christ. It's been three days. A couple of his fathers are walking along and they have this interaction with Jesus. He opens their eyes. They realize it's him. They go back and meet with the disciples. Of course, Peter and John have already seen the Lord, and then Jesus appears to them, and they're just struggling to figure all this out. They're struggling to be believe. I mean, can you imagine? If you watched a man crucified, it'd be hard to believe he was alive. And so they're struggling with their unbelief. And I love what Jesus does. He says, here, touch me. I'm not a ghost. Look at these wounds. He interacts with them. He eats with them. He wants them to know. He's trying to build their faith. Listen, the resurrection of Jesus is the foundation of the Christian faith. But it was 2,000 years ago. So how can we be sure that Jesus rose from the dead? Because Paul makes it clear, 1 Corinthians 15, if Jesus did not rise from the dead, then our faith is in vain. Well, here's the evidence. First, we have a missing body. Now, you might say, well, what's so significant about that? Well, what the Gospels tell us is after the death of Jesus, the Jews went to the Romans and said, hey, we need some help to guard the tomb, or the disciples will come and steal the body, and they'll claim that Jesus rose from the dead. So they posted a guard. They actually sealed the tomb with seven, not one, but seven wax seals. The guards camped out and stood guard 24 hours, seven days a week. And then the body was missing. How do we explain it? Well, some would say, well, the Jews took it. Well, that doesn't make sense because the Jews conspired with the Romans to make sure the body was safe. And if they had the body, when the disciples started preaching that Jesus was alive, all they had to do is present the body and the church would have been finished, right? Well, some people say, well, maybe the Romans took him. But the Romans, like the Jews, wanted to stomp out Christianity. In fact, for the next hundred years, the church is under severe persecution. If the Romans had the body, once again, all they had to do is present the body and the movement would have been over. Some said, well, the disciples took the body. Well, even if the disciples took the body, it's unreasonable to believe that they would all give their life and allow their families to be tortured and, and many of them face death for something they knew was a lie. So the missing body is great evidence for the resurrection. Another evidence is the eyewitnesses. And in our story, we had the two guys on the road to Emmaus, and then we had the disciples, and then we had the women. And Paul says at one time he appeared to more than 500 people all in one setting. So we have all of these eyewitnesses, and they didn't just see like a ghost floating through the air. I love how in this story, Jesus is interacting with them. He's talking to him. He's, he's touching them. He's eating with them. Everything that would be true for a living person in a physical body. Jesus wants to make it clear. He's not a ghost. It wasn't just his spirit that he rose 
in his body. And in the very same way, one day, our bodies will be resurrected to eternal life. We'll receive a glorified body. And what's special about a glorified body? Well, at least in this story, Jesus can appear and disappear, right? And so something about our glorified state will give us the ability to travel and to go places instantly, to appear in one place and then to appear in another place. And Jesus is doing that in all the gospel accounts. But the eyewitnesses give proof. Now, here's a third piece of evidence that kind of goes along with that, and that is that the church started in Jerusalem. So the disciples are preaching Jesus is alive in the very town where everybody saw him crucified. So if the evidence is not overwhelming, if the eyewitnesses are not overwhelming, then no one's going to believe their story. Well, at the time, Jerusalem has about 50,000 people and more than 500 have seen Jesus of life. In other words, more than 1% of the population actually saw physically interacted with the resurrected Christ, which caused the church to just explode in the first century. But the fact that the church could begin in the very place where Jesus was crucified proves that there were enough people there who saw the resurrected Christ to validate the message of the disciples. The final piece of evidence is just a transformation that we see in the lives of these men. I mean, again, even in our story, they are struggling to believe. They are so slow to believe that Jesus is hanging out with them and they don't even realize, right? But then, all of a sudden, they became these fierce evangelists. I mean, Peter, he denies Jesus. Then just a few days later, he stands up and he's preaching, this Jesus whom you crucified, God has made Lord and Christ. Well, that would have gotten him crucified, right? And so they live for the glory of God in 11 Remember, Judas took his life. There are 11 left, and out of the 11, 10 were martyred, murdered for preaching Jesus is alive. Now listen, people sometimes believe in a lie. People even sometimes die for a lie. But no one dies for a lie if they know it's a lie right? And if the disciples had not seen the resurrected Christ, if the disciples stole the body, if there wasn't overwhelming, compelling evidence for the crucifixion, how do you explain a group of men who just a few days later have all scattered, they've run for their lives, they're in hiding, only one of them showed up at the crucifixion? How do you explain them being transformed into these flaming evangelists who literally covered the world with the gospel in the first century? There's no other reasonable explanation. Listen to me. Jesus is alive, and because he's alive, we will live forever through faith in Jesus. Man, so powerful. Let me give you a couple of resources if you'd like to read more about this. Probably the most famous book is The Case for Christ by Lee Strobel. He was an investigative journalist who set out to disprove the resurrection. His wife was going to church. She got saved, and he was really trying to rescue her from the church by proving Jesus was a phony. Well, he got converted and wrote a book about his journey and all that he learned. And the evidence for the resurrection is overwhelming for anyone who will take time to read it and explore it. Another great resource. I've just read this one. It's called 
person of interest. And it's written by a guy who was actually a police detective. Once again, his wife is is getting stirred up about faith, and he's trying to prove to her that she's crazy. He investigates, this is what's so fascinating, he investigates the death of Jesus the same way a detective would in a murder case where there's a missing body. Without using the Bible, he proves that Jesus is the Son of God and rose from the dead. Those are two great resources. Listen, because Jesus is alive, we will live forever. Father, thank you so much for every person listening today. God, we're so grateful for the resurrection. Because you are alive, we will live. You're the resurrection and the life. And he who believes in you will live even if he dies, John eleven twenty five. God, we're so grateful for your resurrection. We're so grateful that you gave us all the evidence we need. We're not taking a blind leap of faith. We're putting our faith in the truth. God, we're so grateful for that. And so, Lord, I pray that the resurrection would give us a boldness to tell our family, our friends, our world, about Jesus. We love you and bless you and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks for being with me again today. Man, hope this just encouraged and built your faith. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.